0: with your host, Eddie Wright. This is our Thanksgiving Day special. And boy, we have a lot to be thankful for uh, for, for this Thanksgiving with what happened on Wednesday with uh, the three villains found guilty of uh, murdering Ahmad Arbery. And my first guest is uh, Congresswoman Marilyn Strickland, who represents the 10th Congressional District in Washington State, is our first member of the Congressional Black Caucus. And she is uh, very instrumental in the Transportation Infrastructure Committee that will be overseeing and allocating billions and trillions of dollars uh, for cities and towns. But I wanna start by, first of all, say thank you for being here, Uh, but I wanna have you just comment on the the verdict of the Ahmaud Arbery uh, case uh, down in Georgia.
1: My mother and I watched the verdict on Wednesday morning when it was being shown live. And, you know, all three were found guilty of murder. And, you know, on the one hand, you're glad that the jury system worked the way it was meant to. But at the same time, Ahmad Aubrey should not even he should be alive. And so, of course, you know, it's sadness again that people think they can just shoot someone without any consequence. But the jury system did do what it was meant to do, and it worked out. And so these people were found guilty. And I'll be interested to see how the sentencing plays out, too, Eddie.
0: And then also, there's going to be federal charges, I guess. Next, uh, civil rights charges. I understand.
1: Yeah, there will. Um, you know, it's entirely possible there'll be civil rights charges, and these, you know, these are these are being viewed as hate crimes as well. So we'll see. You know, what the system ends up doing. But you know, I think for a lot of us in the African American community, we feel like okay for once people were held accountable for something that was as plain as could be. And at the same time, you know, we're sad that a young man lost his life.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Now, we really want to talk about uh, this Build Back Better uh, 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 plan that uh, President Biden has put forth and, uh, well, the Democrats for the most part, I guess on this one on the infrastructure, uh, quite a few Republicans stepped over. Can you just uh, give our listeners uh, some kind of idea of what kind of impact that will have on the, just the Puget Sound area. You're in the Tacoma and county South. Uh, I'm in Seattle and North, but it'll impact the whole state. So give give our listeners some kind of idea of what, kind, what can they look forward to seeing with the passing of that legislation.
1: Great. Well, thank you for the opportunity to talk about it. So there are two bills in question. There's the bipartisan infrastructure package that the Senate sent over to the House, and we did pass it a few weeks ago. So President Biden has signed this into law. And, you know, these are long overdue investments and really a result of us listening to what people said they wanted. And it will, first of all, this is a jobs bill. We know that as the national unemployment rate does continue to fall, black unemployment still remains higher than average and 95% of the jobs being created through this law will not necessarily require a four-year degree and even 90% won't require a two-year degree so we need to make sure that we have our community trained up and ready to do this work. I think another thing that's important to Eddie is that we are expanding broadband and as we learned during the pandemic, you know, black families are about 10% less likely to have high-speed internet and Washington state is no, you know, not not immune from that and about 250,000 Washingtonians currently don't have broadband, but here's the part that's important. You can have broadband access in your home, but you have to be able to afford it. And so there's the affordability connectivity benefit, which is going to help about 1.4 million Washingtonians get Internet access. And then something that we know, you know happens too much in our communities, lead pipes and drinking water that's contaminated. And so nationwide, about 10 million people don't have access to safe drinking water. And this is going to invest about, you know, 55 billion dollars, which is the largest investment in clean drinking water in American history. And then finally, I'd say two things are important. You know, redlining took place a long time ago and it literally had highways separating black communities. And so this is a national program that we're going to create to reconnect communities that were divided by transportation infrastructure. And then, of course, roads, bridges, more mass transit, more electric vehicle charging stations. There is so much in here that is good for the country, but specifically things that will help black families.
0: Well, Congressman Strickland, I want to let you know that... uh, Uh, When uh, Dr. Rosalyn Woodhouse was executive director of CAMP, the Central Area Motivation Program, I was director of the Education Program. And she allowed me to chair the Central Seattle Community Council Housing Federation's Housing Committee. And we released the first report on redlining in 1973 in the Central District of Seattle. At the same time that was happening, we had urban renewal going on, which I call black removal. And we have properties right now that have been identified like at New Hope Baptist Church, one block across the street from them, uh, the pastor was forced to sell for $31,000. And so we're trying to get trying to get the city and others to make things right. And I had to explain to people about giving that property back is not reparations, that's an act of justice. Reparations is when all African descendants of the United States and receive compensation. So I just wanted to all make right. that point
1: well good well thank you for your work doing that years ago and you know again finally this is the first ever national program to reach connect communities and to be honest with you you know this is where the voice of the congressional black caucus really was important and so i tell folks representation does matter
0: and the other thing too is that now uh the communities we're talking about like the central area of seattle and it's happening a little bit on the hilltop in tacoma Uh, These folks have been dispersed, so how could they be compensated uh, when they have been really, through economic apartheid, forced out? Because for 23 years in this state, we've not had a affirmative action. There's been no uh, passing uh, on of intergenerational wealth, and uh, the uh, participation by black companies uh, have been just absolutely dismal. So how would these people be compensated by uh, this uh, plan, that's going to uh, try to reimburse the people who suffer the consequences of redlining?
1: Well, I would say a few things. And, you know, when we talk about providing financial opportunity for families, we're not necessarily saying, here's a check to address a specific issue. What we're trying to do is create economic opportunity in many ways. And so I'm going to go to part two of the Build Back Better Act, which is really what I call the human services infrastructure. You know, we're going to invest $150 billion with targeted funding for construction of low-income, middle-income, and you know, workforce housing. This is going to be preservation of existing housing, rental and down payment assistance, and sustainable and resilient housing. And we know that in the United States, housing is often the one way that people have a chance to build wealth. But I wanna talk about something that's pretty significant here, and this is going to be the child tax credit, which is going to have a huge impact on child poverty. And we know that, you know, the poverty rate for our community is a lot higher than it is for the general community. But this child tax credit is going to have a huge impact getting cash into families' hands and then with that expanding the earned income tax credit. So this is going to give, you know, $1,500 in tax cuts for over 300,000 workers in Washington State. And then, of course, one thing I'm very proud of, Eddie, is that we secured $10 billion for historically black colleges and universities in this Build Back Better Act. And this is the single largest investment in our HBCUs ever. And so, again, we're trying to do things that are going to provide people with economic opportunity, access to jobs, training, and also being mindful that people just sometimes need cash in their hands as well.
0: Well, Congresswoman Strickland, uh, the guest after you is Dr. Leslie Baskerville, the president and CEO of the National Association for Equal Opportunity and Education. And, and she, she does, uh, their, their organization is dedicated with working with black colleges and universities. So she's she'll be coming on right. As a matter of fact, I'd like to have you meet her before you go off there if you haven't met her before.
1: Well, that would be fantastic. And, Eddie, you know, while I'm here on the air, I just want to talk about a few more things just to well, you got a lot You got a
0: lot of time. Go right ahead.
1: Okay, perfect. So we know that one of the top issues that we've heard about is the cost of prescription drugs. And we know that, you know, getting access to life-saving drugs often put people in a position of having to make choices between putting food on the table and getting things like insulin or life-saving drugs. You know, we're going to expand health care coverage and lower the cost of prescription drugs by allowing Medicare to negotiate the price of drugs that are very, very expensive and the ones that are used the most frequently. We're going to expand access to free, high-quality preschool in Washington State. And that's a very big deal, especially for our kids, because we know that when kids enter kindergarten with a vocabulary, with the knowledge of certain words and different concepts, they're going to be more successful in school. We are expanding free school meals. We are going to provide for in-home and community-based care to allow people, many are women of color, African-Americans, who are caregivers for their loved ones and need people to help care for their youngest and their eldest. And then finally, 12 weeks of paid family leave and medical leave because every other developed nation in the country has a lot more, but at least starting with 12 weeks is one way to address that. So a whole suite of things that the American people have been asking for for a long time. But I would say especially policies that are going to benefit our community.
0: Well, in terms of the Senate, uh, Senator Manchin and Senators, uh, Senators Sinema, has the president worked out a deal with them or where does that stand right now?
1: Um, last I heard, Eddie, the president and Speaker Pelosi have verbal agreement about doing some of these things. And, you know, I think the paid family leave is probably one of the biggest, most important policies that are part of this conversation. You know, Maxine Waters, um, chair- Chairwoman Waters, who's the chair of the House Financial Services Committee, she's the one who got $150 billion in the housing and housing expansion bill. And so, as, you know, in, as part of this act. And so, again, a lot of heavy lifting being done by the CDC, but I want to point something out. You know, right now, our fortunes as a nation to pass these bills depend on two people, Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, and nothing against them because they reflect the districts that they represent. However, we have an opportunity to pick up some more seats in the Senate so that two people don't determine the fate of this country. Val Demings in Florida has a pretty decent shot to try and flip Florida. We have, you know, a woman in North Carolina who's a, who's a judge. You know, we have in Pennsylvania... Connor lamb we have in Ohio Tim Ryan so there are some seats around the country and Wisconsin too where we can pick up some Senate seats and try to rebalance our ability to you know use some of these tools like reconciliation to get things passed not have two people control the fate of this country
0: well I tell you um, my sister uh, lives in Arizona right now and I know there are a lot of people who are retired and uh, I'm really a little bit disappointed but somewhat surprised. I haven't heard more of an uh, uh, uproar from them about the way their senator is conducting her affairs. She seems to be associated with uh, corporate America, I guess, primarily the large drug companies and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what's been reported. I'm just I don't know that for sure, but I'm sure that uh, with CNN and MSNBC reporting that they have some credible sources. So uh, now, why don't you give our listeners an idea of what uh, this bill Back Better uh, infrastructure. And I want to say that I know Congressman Hank Johnson, who serves on the committee with you, holds mm-hmm. you in very high regard. I say, well, she was the mayor in the city of Tacoma for eight years, so she does know exactly how government operates. And she was a leader <laughs> in the national uh, mayor's organization, so I know that she knows what's going on. So he holds you in very high regard. And uh, But uh, why don't you just share with our listeners what kind of impact and projects that will benefit in your district? Because then you go from Tacoma all the way down to uh, Olympia, and uh, to, uh, the, uh, yeah, Olympia, as a matter of fact, the capital's in
1: your district. Right. So, yeah. So, I represent East Tacoma, University Place, Lakewood, JBLM, down to the state capital and beyond, and then east over to Puyallup and Sumner, and then as far west as Shelton. So, it's a large geographic area. But, you know, I will say this, you know, as we talk about the infrastructure package and the Build Back Better. What we're talking about, Eddie, is what I'm calling the Rebuild America Act. If It was one big piece of legislation. This is a job bill more than anything else, and it's going to give us the ability to address climate change, get more mass transit, whether it's light rail or buses, getting high speed internet access to every family because we know that in the 21st century if you want to fully participate in society you have to have high speed internet it's how you do online schooling it's how you apply for a job it's how you register to vote in some places and even how you get access to health care if you live in a rural community clean water come you know crumbling roads and bridges that are dangerous so all these things that we know need to be rebuilt in the 10th district and in Washington state are going to get a big slug of federal funding and the state will determine how the money is allocated, but some very specific important things to create jobs, to do it equitably, to address climate change. You'll see more you know, electric vehicle charging stations up and down the I-5 corridor. You'll see more bus service, more light rail service or finishing projects that we started. And then also too, hopefully, you know, the average household income will increase because these are good jobs that pay well. And I think for us and our listeners, Eddie, it's really a matter of us asking ourselves, are we ready to do this work? As individual contractors and subcontractors, are we ready to be subcontractors or general contractors to do the work? We have to show up, we have to be present, and we have to make sure that these investments in people benefit our community.
0: Well, uh, Congresswoman, I have to share with you that uh, the ranks of black contractors have been decimated by 23 years of no affirmative action with agencies not enforcing the law, just saying I 200 prevents us from doing this. Uh, our rights have been decimated. Uh, and it's been primarily because of the fact we've had this prime sub relationship. And uh, if the prime decides they want to mess over the sub, the sub is. Four black contractors went out of business on the Seattle Tunnel project alone, four. And yeah. none of them have been made whole. So that is why uh, folks are talking about you know filing a complaint because this money comes to the same large companies. We will not, matter of fact, at uh, Sound Transit, white women and Asians are being waved out of the program, but yet blacks aren't even scratching the surface at any of these uh, agencies. So that's one of the things that uh, is very concerning. And we have a number of people who have stepped up uh, to actually a file a complaint uh, to seek justice uh, for uh, blacks in, in Washington State. Uh, we have nine disparity studies, and they all reflect the same thing. And none of the agencies conducting the studies uh, ever uh, did anything to remedy the situation. But uh, uh, we have run out of time. Would you, uh, uh, Congresswoman uh, uh, Marilyn Strickland.
1: Yes. So I would just say, you know, on this Thanksgiving holiday. We know that we have had, you know, a big challenges over the past two years, but the federal government is working very hard, you know, with the narrow majorities we have. We need to expand, expand the majority, especially in the Senate. And I would say this, you know, this is why representation matters, because when we're at the table, we are putting things in bills. But to your point, Eddie, we have to have the mechanism to enforce, to ensure that the money is going where it's supposed to, and to ensure that as we talk about these huge investments in infrastructure, that our small businesses from architects, engineers, project managers, to construction are getting part of these huge investments.
0: Well, you've been the mayor of the city of Tacoma and on the committee, like I said, Congressman Hank Johnson holds you in very high esteem. But we've also been joined by uh, Dr. Leslie Baskerville, who I wanted you to to meet and greet. So Dr. Baskerville, Congresswoman Marilyn Strickland is on the line with us. And uh, she was very instrumental in getting some big bills. So would you take a minute and just let her know what uh, Napio does. You're muted. There you go.
2: Yes. How are you, um, Dr. Rye? It's so good to be on with you. And Congresswoman Strickland, thank you so very much for your support for the infrastructure bill and for uh, the Build Back Better bill. I'm Leslie Baskerville, I'm president and CEO of the National Association for Equal Opportunity in Higher Education. It's a 52 year old 501 not-for-profit that is the advocacy association on behalf of all of the historically black colleges and universities and all the predominantly black institutions. And in my capacity as president of NAfio, I also presently serve as the chair for the Alliance for Equity and Higher Education, which is a 22-year collaborative between the associations of all of the Hispanic-serving institutions, the Hispanic Associations of Colleges and Universities, HACU, AHEC, representing the American Indian Higher Ed Consortium, and then an institution representing all the Asian Pacific Islander and Hawaiian institutions. And it's been my My tremendous privilege to work in this space for many decades as pro bono counsel to Nafio for 20 years and now as president. But your support and your um, support, not only for the bills, but for the students and communities that we're concerned about, has been most helpful. And you're dead on when you talked about we've got a slim margin. Uh, in the House and uh, yep. an even slimmer margin in the Senate. And for that reason, when people ask me, as you are thankful, and I'm so thankful for, for the passage of the infrastructure bill, for the vote out of the House for Build Back Better, but I'm I'm thankful that we're still alive and we're fighting to uh restore provisions to the Voting Rights Act that will enable us to prevent the states, the 61 states that have put in place uh, provisions that will undercut the votes of mostly black and brown and low-income Americans. Um, And so we've got to stop that in order to maintain the slim margin that we have, but most especially, as you said, to get the larger margin that we need on on those things that are most important to families, um, the early childhood provisions, for example, when people say, well, what are you excited about that was in mm-hmm. the uh, Build Back Better Bill voted out of the House? I'm excited by the mandatory early childhood education for three mm-hmm. and four-year-olds because those students and families, many of which are eligible for Title I, are the students who, if you have in place the pipeline for the, um not only the, the early childhood education, but CHIP programs, those things that will help them to be mentally, phys- physically, and spirit spiritually strong. And then the TRIO programs that help them in middle schools uh and then in high school and then complete, if you have not, to, to get a GED so that you can either go on to college or um, a two-year community college, a trade school, something that will put you on the pathway to success. And it's all connected, but we've got to stop the unraveling of the voting rights provisions in the states that will really cast a pall on our ability to get the people who we need in office and the votes who we need for the people with whom we're most concerned. I was wondering if we could hear her testimony.
1: Yeah, and Dr. <laughs> you know, thank you, I I you
0: think... Dr. Go ahead. No, go, go right ahead, Congressman Strickland.
1: No, I was going to say, I'm nice to meet you, Dr. Basterville. And you know, to your point about the um, early childhood education, only 22 percent of the over 200,000 three and four year olds in Washington State have access to publicly funded preschool. So, you know, we think everyone has their kids in preschool. That number is low. And so this will help us expand it. So thank you for your advocacy. And as an HBCU grad, I am just thrilled that we're actually going to put significant investment in HBCUs and minority-serving institutions because, as you know, you get grants, but we need something sustainable. And this will really help us
2: do something in a very sustainable way. Absolutely. And the bill that you voted out will, will help not only in with students, but with the infrastructures that are so very important. Uh, as you know, uh, we've got 11 research, high research intensive institutions, but they're doing great things and they're poised to move to research one institutions if we're able to invest greater in their infrastructures and to invest in they're getting research and they're getting um, persons who can stand in as writer assistants so they can publish the types of things that we need our students to publish. We can also use some of the dollars that you have to provide um, fellowships. Fellowships both for students who are working on attaining their PhDs and uh, students who are looking to get other advanced degrees. So there's a lot of flexibility in the dollars for infrastructures. And you talked, I came in right when we were talking about the connectivity and the broadband and the centrality of connectivity now as, as unlike any time in the past, not just because of the um, coronavirus and the fact that many are still working remotely, but certainly have to be prepared to continue working remotely, but also because the trends suggest that in the years to come, disproportionate percentages of those who are attaining post-secondary education will be doing it online. And we've got to make sure that all of our schools and all of our communities are equipped and in the front of those activities.
1: Definitely. Well, I have to sign off right now, but Eddie, thank you for making the introduction. It is always a pleasure to be with you on your radio show. And to everyone listening, um, have a safe and blessed Thanksgiving with your loved ones.
0: Okay, Congressman Marilyn Strickland, thank you very much for your time today and the work that you're doing. And we will be in touch on the, the money flow. Okay? okay. Thank
2: you so very much. I wish you and your family a blessed and peaceful Thanksgiving.
0: Okay, Doctor Basterville, uh, I'd like to uh, for you to share information, contact information about NACIO. and I want to let everybody know that Doctor Basterville gave Angela T. Rye her per- very first job in Washington D.C. So she's the one that got us started back in D.C. So I want people to know that. But I just wanted you to share with uh, our listeners uh, your contact information, uh, how they could be supportive, and how they could be informed.
2: Surely. Um, Leslie Baskerville, or the Na- National Association for Equal Opportunity in Higher Education, is the association, and it's NAfEO. And you can reach us at NAfEO. N-A-F-E-O. N-A-F-E-O N-A-F is in fortitude. E-O. Uh, we're located in Washington D.C., but we are working in all the states in which we have uh, HBCUs and PBIs. Um, and in the District of Columbia, the Virgin Islands, Colombia, and Brazil. Um, So we are, as I mentioned, we are especially thankful about um, what's going on with regard to the Build Back Better bill about which the Congresswoman just spoke and the infrastructure bill. But the convergence of the um, Black Lives Matter movement And then the coronavirus, um, and then the discussions about health disparities created for us a time that I say is a time of new hope. Um, that is, we've got an administration that understands the importance of investing in people, understands the importance of having a richly diverse, um, um, workforce and service corps and richly divorced, richly divorced education institutions uh, and investing in those persons and communities that have been locked out and left behind for too long. We have in Congress the, the majority in the House, the majority in, in the Senate, um, and we have at least 52 years. NAFIO has been in existence for 52 years as the nation's only um advocacy arm for all of the historically Black colleges, the public and private, the two-year, four-year land grant institutions. and graduate and professional schools. And so for 52 years, we've been making a case about the centrality of HBCUs to American progress. HBCUs are 4% of American colleges and universities, but they're graduating disproportionate percentages of blacks in the growth and high needs areas. And uh, the um, coronavirus showed, for example, that in order to tackle um, that challenge, that pandemic that subsumed and continues to um st- destabilize our country and the world, we had to have not only more medical professions in those communities of greatest need, but we needed Black docs and nurses and other medical professions. And we needed um, Black researchers and Brown researchers and those who are um, culturally sensitive, culturally competent, those who could go in the communities of greatest needs, talk their language, understand their culture, figure out who is most equipped to help these communities understand that they must get vaccinated, they must protect their family, they must socially distance. And in the process, we identified a Black female, uh, Kismakia Corbett, a 34-year-old woman who was on the front line of developing the first vaccine. But we also had an opportunity for the HBCU medical schools to receive dollars to participate in trying to develop vaccines uh, and then otherwise providing education and improvement yes sir
0: i I need you to hold on we're going to need to take a break hold on right with us while we take a break okay
2: absolutely and thank you again
0: for having me okay just hold on so eric we're going to take a break a break and come right back there's somebody i want you to meet when we come back okay
3: List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concession at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com.
4: Why sit in bumper to bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. just another way that sound transit is powering progress
3: on the path to good health and well-being alternative talk 1150 is the station for you
0: back with uh, congressman bobby scott chair of the house education and labor committee has joined us we still have dr leslie baskerville presidency of nafio with us and i just wanted them to say hi to each other so uh He is providing the resources that the HBCUs need. So go right ahead, Dr. Basserville.
2: I just wanted to thank uh, Mr. Chairman Scott, who for all of his years in Congress has provided invaluable leadership as a constitutional justice lawyer, um, both in the Education and Labor Committee and on the Judiciary Committee. And um, now bringing that to the chairpersonship of house education and labor has been remarkable. And under his leadership, um, HBCUs have gotten more resources than at any time in recent years to be sure, perhaps any time ever, he would know that better than I, but um, just the remarkable dollars, initially $6 billion in the coronavirus budget and now um, other large sums of dollars in the bill that the uh, bill back better framework that the house just passed that will enable um, hbcus not only to provide additional dollars for their students but for their infrastructure for broadband for um, a wide range of for research for a wide range of flexible uh, programs and opportunities who- Thank you very
0: much. We want to go back to uh, Congressman Bobby Scott. Thank you for your time today. I know you're carving time out away from your holiday and your family. So thank you very much for your time today.
2: Well, thank you for your tremendous work and and what you do on the urban radio. And Congressman Scott, you have a glorious uh, and well-deserved, peaceful Thanksgiving. And I'll see you when you get back to Washington.
5: Thank you. And same to you.
0: Okay, Congressman Bobby Scott. Uh, We've been talking about build back better with earlier with Congresswoman Marilyn Strickland, who is our Washington state's first CBC member representing the 10th congressional district, which is Tacoma and South. So uh, uh, in terms of uh, your role as chair of the House Education and Labor Committee and the legislation has gone through the House, we know the one one, the infrastructure has already passed. But uh, what role uh, will your committee play? In this, uh, the next bill, the, the Human Infrastructure Bill, that's having some problems with two of the Democratic senators.
5: Well, I think you got to put it in context. It's not only uh, the infrastructure bill, but you got to go back earlier this year to the American Rescue Plan. In that plan, we put more money into K through twelve than in the history of the United States, and we distributed according to the Title I formula, which is based mostly on poverty. So the money really went to where it was most needed, and it was designed with a threefold purpose: one, to get the schools open safely. I mean, you you, you can you just can't open the schools in the middle of a pandemic. It costs money to open them safely, and, and we provided the funds to open the schools safely, keep them open safely. The things you got to do you you incurring higher transportation costs because you got fewer students on each bus. You got to spread the students out. You got to uh, there are a lot of things you got to do to PPE. To uh, you, you have to purchase, so to make sure you stay open safely. And third, and most important, you have to make up for learning loss. A lot of these students didn't learn much in the last year, and if we don't double up quickly, they're going to suffer a permanent diminution and learning loss. So um, that investment in K-12 through um, was, uh, w- was remarkable. We went... Uh, We also had uh, investments in higher ed. Um, The um, um, uh, I think Leslie indicated that uh, every time we passed the bill in the last two years, the um, minority-serving institutions, particularly the HBCUs, uh, got uh, got a little funding. Um, We, uh, in addition to that, um, we um, uh, the fourteen hundred dollar checks, the Earned Income Tax Credit, and Child Tax Credit and slight increase in SNAP benefits, if you add all those up, we believe that this year will reduce child poverty about 50%. The biggest drop in child poverty on record is about 20%. With all of what we've done in the rescue plan, we're in the process now of reducing child poverty 50%. So, And that was done early in the year, and we're well on the way of making sure. It had a lot of other provisions, but those are the three that I think are most, two, two that are most important. Then we, then we um, worked on the infrastructure package, which provided funds for roads, bridges, tr- uh, public transit, trains, uh, ports, and airports, invest in broadband. I think we're going to get close to 100% coverage in, 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 in the country. A lot of areas, if you lived in a, a rural area, this distance learning thing just didn't work because you didn't have access to broadband. Uh, we're going uh, to address climate, um, uh, making the electric grid more resilient to climate change, and putting uh, electric charging stations for electric cars all up and down the highway. I mean, you're not going to buy an electric car if you can't get it recharged on a trip somewhere. And you're not going to put charging stations out there if nobody's bought electric cars. Well, we're just going to start off with uh, millions of electric charging stations so that people will buy the electric uh, cars. And then up and down the highway, i bet you every restaurant... On the near the interstate, will have uh, charging stations because people will need to charge, and well, while they're waiting, they're going to go in and get something to eat. Replacing lead pipes um, um, and helping address uh, chain, uh, supply chain issues. I think uh, this is going to go a long way into having a downward pressure on inflation. Uh, all of that, and then little little things like there's money in there for communities that were split by highways. Uh, we have a group in Jackson Ward in Richmond How we went right down the middle of a very uh, vibrant uh, African-American community and split it in two. There's money to try to make up for that uh, for that damage. Uh, so there's a lot in the transportation bill that's mm-hmm. been signed and is um, is um, uh, being implemented as we speak. It's going to take you know, a little while to get the money out of Washington, but it's mm-hmm. on the way. That's, but you know, okay, I what,
0: mentioned to uh, Congresswoman Marilyn Strickland, who was our guest earlier, what about the communities that were suffered by redlining and stuff like that, who the blacks have been just completely displaced out of communities? Is there any opportunity for them to receive any compensation?
5: Um, the uh, communities um, get um, uh, funding. Uh, that's just a little funding just for the community. The housing money, there's massive housing money in there for rental assistance and for Um, first-time homeowners. Um, The federal government, regrettably, was complicit in a lot of the discrimination and redlining and everything else that uh, resulted in a significantly lower percentage of African-American families owning their homes. Uh, Mm -hmm. Since they were complicit in the problem, they have to be part of the solution. And the uh, Build Back Better Act has significant funding for, um, for housing assistance. Um, and, and that we're looking forward to that to, to that passing uh, but Build Back Better w- one of the first things you got to do is have job training because all those jobs in the infrastructure package can't be done can't, can't be filled unless we have the skilled workforce to fill those jobs and we don't today uh, with the uh, money for job training that we have in this package we'll be able to fill, uh, fill those jobs. There's money for child care and pre-K so that Families can go to work, uh, and families can, by, by, by virtue of the fact that they can now afford uh, child care and have uh, pre-K, so families that are stuck at home because they can't afford it, and now go to work, uh, we we increase by 9 million the number of children that can get free school lunch, um, uh, and, and further investments in higher education, uh, those those. Everything I just mentioned—all of those are in the jurisdiction of the Education and Labor Committee. We uh, reduced the cost of drugs, uh, family medical leave, ex- uh, um, improve Medicare, and for those states that didn't improve, didn't uh, expand Medicaid, we have uh, help for citizens in those areas to get to get healthcare. It is transformational, and uh, we believe um, the Senate's going to going to change it a little bit. I don't know what they're going to yeah. do. Yeah, but, uh, but I, I fully expect even with the um, ones you alluded to, um, we expect a substantial bill to be uh, uh, and be passed by the Senate. And I would hope we just go ahead and accept those amendments and and get on with it rather than keep arguing about it and take yeah. chances ending up with nothing. Yeah, uh, Congressman but, uh, Scott
0: uh, uh, Bob Armstead with the White State Civil Rights Coalition has just joined us and uh, recently. Uh, uh, and the civil rights coalition uh, filed a complaint. And I just want him to take a couple of minutes of just to let you know, I think you have a part of uh, the complaint. Uh, I don't think you have the complete package. So Bob said could you please briefly let uh, Congressman uh after happy Thanksgiving day. And we thankful that, that Ahmaud Arbery's murderers found justice today. And we hope that we can find economic justice in Washington state. So Bob Armstead, if you could just take two or three minutes and share with uh, Congressman Bobby Scott exactly what has transpired.
6: Uh, Yes, Congressman. Uh, The Washington State Civil Rights Coalition um, in agreement and in a coalition with 21 other community-based organizations and individuals filed a complaint with the U.S. Department of Justice Civil Rights Division uh, claiming, uh, civil rights and discrimination, uh, against African Americans in Washington state. The complaint is against the state of Washington and Governor Jay Inslee for knowingly allowing discrimination to occur, uh, against African Americans. Uh, it is particularly against Jay Inslee at this time because he is the current governor, but the uh, complaint uh, alleges and claims that all of the governors since 1998 have known of the discrimination and have chosen not to act to allow it to happen, to allow it to continue to happen, that the discrimination has caused uh, significant disparate impacts against African Americans since 1998. Uh, there have been at least nine disparity studies in the state of Washington in just the last 10 years, uh, each of which have shown that there is significant discrimination and disparate impacts against African Americans, and none of the officials. Governors or anyone else in a position to remedy those situations have chosen to do so. Uh, we have been working are you, are for years. You talking about a
5: particular, are you talking about a particular program uh, or just uh, discrimination in general? Because um, you talking about contracting in, in the uh, Department of Transportation, for example, or, or just general? I mean, have you targeted? specific program uh, the
6: complaint is general we gave specific uh, examples of it uh, using the Department of Transportation uh, so so yes there are uh, specific um, agencies of the uh, the federal government that uh, that we have identified that have um, either authorized or, uh, paid for the, uh, disparity studies that have known about the result of the disparity studies, but still have not done anything to remedy those.
5: Okay. Well, uh, nothing's going to be done without a complaint. So that's the first step.
0: Mm.
6: Well, and we, 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 Thank you very much for that. Um, it uh, unfortunately it's a situation where good people wait for good things to happen, and that never happens. And okay. it's been... gentlemen,
5: uh, oh, uh,
0: can you guys hear me? Yeah. I mean, uh, okay, I was just want to say uh, we're out of time, but I thank you, Happy uh, Thanksgiving to you, uh, Congressman Bobby Scott. I'm thankful that the right birdie came down on Wednesday on Arbery killing, and thank you very much for work you're doing, Bob Arm says. So thank both of y'all very much.
6: Okay, thank you, Eddie, and thank you, Congressman. Happy thank Thanksgiving you. to both of you.
0: Okay, so uh, we'll take a break and go to get Reginald Robinson on the line, uh, please.
3: Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend Port Gen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com.
4: Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport. Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an Orca card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering
3: progress. Organic, free range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: Eddie, right back at urban forum northwest with my next guest reginald robinson the owner of altas reginald we got long-winded and we uh took up a lot of time but it's very important for you to be on because uh today is thanksgiving day and i have one of your turkeys from bow bridge louisiana in the oven right now and i just wanted you to let our folks know what you're doing and the fact you're going to also be opening up uh up, up in uh, puyallup so uh welcome to urban forum northwest and, Sure, uh with our listeners, a little about about your store and what you provide.
7: Hey, how you doing there, brother? Yeah, uh, we have uh, – actually, we have already opened up in Puyallup also. That's our second location. We just opened up August the 7th. But, uh, yeah, we provide everything from the south. Uh, you know, like you said, you got the, the turkey with the stuff in it with the rice and crawfish and stuff like – we have different varieties of them and stuff. And just a lot of combination of stuff. If it's in Louisiana, we're trying to bring it up there, whether it's frozen products – uh, either dry stuff like the seasoned spices and all that different types of thing. And also in our Kent location now, we have a deli in there. And at the deli, we serve everything from Louisiana. We bring our po boy bread from down there. And then we just opened up a month ago. We got a sit down next door and we do live music there the blues, the jazz, zydeco music, and stuff like that. So that's every Saturday. We started doing that about a month ago.
0: And, um, Tell us a little bit about what do you provide that's already prepared?
7: Yeah, we, uh, you know, like I said, most of the stuff that we bring up here, like we got stuffed pork chops that's already stuffed, and you just take them and wrap them up in aluminum foil, put them on the grill, or put them in the oven. We got whole chickens the same way, to stuff with rice and crawfish, chicken breast. We have smoked sauces, D&D, down-home, connectives, all the different, uh, different things, and a lot of stuff is prepped. We have grits and shrimp. In a bag, you just put it in the microwave and just warm it up, you know, eight minutes, and it's ready to go. Mac and cheese with shrimp, the same thing. So, yeah, we try to bring a lot of stuff up here that's already prepped and made up that we buy from manufacturers in the South. And so you can get that good Southern flavor of food without even doing a lot of work in the kitchen, just basically putting it in the oven or throwing it in the microwave or putting it on the grill and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that's what we kind of cater to so you can have that Southern flavor food, even if you're not from down there. I've never had it. Just basically warming it up and stuff like that. And like I said, we also got gumbo, crawfish, Fe all that stuff. You just warm it up, cook some rice, and you're ready to go.
0: Now, why don't you give our listeners uh, access to your website, your location, uh, both in Kent and also in Puyallup?
7: Yeah, the Kent location, the address is uh, 201 East Meeker Street. That's 201 East Meeker Street. we downtown Kent. And the Puyallup location is 116 South Meridian downtown Puyallup and stuff. So it's in Puyallup. It's 116 South Meridian, and that's downtown Puyallup. We're about four blocks from the fairground on the same street on Meridian. So, yeah, you guys come down and check it out. And our website is Altus Cajun Spices. Um It's uh, spices.com But you come down and check it out, and the phone number here in the Kent location is 253-719-2242.
0: So you get their Christmas orders in right now, huh?
7: Yes, sir. Get it early. Okay. I tell you one oh. thing, and, and you know we we run out quick.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, you got good stuff. Well, Reginald Robinson yeah. on the altars, man. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll get we'll get you back on in a couple of weeks to see what you're going to have in special for Christmas and for I New Year's. I appreciate the love
7: from you, my brother. You always been a good friend of ours, and I really appreciate that from you.
0: Okay, thank you very much, sir.
7: Okay, be blessed. Bye, bye.
0: All right. Okay. Uh, I want to give a shout Thanksgiving Day shout out to uh, some folks. Uh, Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, uh, me and Rice and uh, Lawrence Coleman uh, over at Sound Transit. Uh, the Chief of Labor, Leslie Jones, the Civil Rights Chief is Jonte Robinson, and uh, the Accounts Payable Supervisor is Nikki Croxon. I wanna say happy Thanksgiving to them, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Department, uh, Liz Alzier with her team, of uh, Carol Wong and Jesse, Mark, Carmen, and then uh, also my friends out at SeaTac, uh, C-Tac, uh Concourse Concessions with Dave Pukahara and his, and his guys, and CTAC Raw Group with Jerry Whitson and Ron O'Neill. Uh, all those folks I want to wish all those folks a very, very uh, happy Thanksgiving. And I guess well, after what happened today in Georgia, uh, there's something uh, on, with a Wednesday verdict against the three uh, uh, killers of Ahmaud Arbery. Uh, Thankful that justice was done. And in closing, I want to also uh, uh, extend condolences to uh, the a family of uh, Richard, in- of uh, Philip Aaron, who passed away. He, his funeral service will be uh, Saturday, uh, November 27th, 11 o'clock a.m. at the Holy Temple Church, 12600 Renton Avenue South. Uh, that's Bishop McLean. And then also, uh, Miss Mary Kelsey who uh, I grew up in that neighborhood. She was one of the neighborhood mothers. Uh, Her service will be Tuesday at Mount Zion at 11 o'clock. That's Tuesday, November 30th. And I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving and be safe. And uh, if you haven't, get your vaccination. Most of the people in the hospital have not been vaccinated. I'm just saying, I know what you're doing, but the the numbers don't lie. So uh, happy Thanksgiving, Eric. And we'll talk to everybody next Thursday.